Good morning, Gator Nation, and welcome to a very special episode of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast. I am your host, Neil Shulman. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at All Kinds Weather and on Facebook and YouTube under the name In All Kinds of Weather. My co-host, Dustin Smith, is going to be with me today. He is racing home right now, trying to be a part of this episode but he is currently stuck in traffic and having trouble connecting. But in the meantime, you can follow him at I-A-K-O-W Dustin. And most importantly of all, we've got a very special guest with us today. Current Florida Gator running back Lorenzo Lingard is here with us today to talk about the new energy in the building with the new Billy Napier regime, as well as his personal backstory and road to Florida, as well as what we can look forward to in the 2022 Gator football season. We've had quite a few former players on our show before, and it's always great to hear from some of the legends of Gator football history, but this is the first time we're going to have a current player on to talk with us and hear about what's actively going on behind the scenes. But before we get to that, as always, quick word about our sponsors slash partners. We are proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation, the nonprofit organization that works to send an underprivileged Gator fan to the swamp. For those of y'all who are new listeners, the Gator Good Foundation collects donations from fans and uses those donations to bring someone to his or her first ever Florida Gator football game. We pay for flights, for rental cars, for hotels, game tickets, gear, and all kinds of swag, and just make sure that they have the swamp experience of a lifetime. We are looking for someone to send to the swamp in 2022. If you believe that you or someone you know is worthy of the honor, please reach out to us, GatorGoodFoundation at gmail.com. We are also looking for donations. To donate to our cause, please go to our website, GatorGoodFoundation.com, and click on the donate button. And while you're on the website, you can also look around and see some of the campaigns we've done in previous years to get a better feel for what it is exactly that we do. Second, we are proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting in your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients. Whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, we give you all two great reasons why you should choose Stingray every show, and we'll give them to you again. One, it is a veteran-owned business. Can't possibly think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving the business. And number two, it is run by a Florida Gator fan. So not only do they do great work, but they do great work and they're owned by a Florida Gator fan who happens to be a U.S. veteran. To learn more about their services and rates, go to stingraybranding.com. And with that said, it is time to bring on our special guest. Lorenzo Lingard was originally a five-star running back prospect out of Orange City, originally signed with the Miami Hurricanes. There were trials and tribulations. There were injuries. There was adversity. We'll talk about all that with him, but long story short, he decided to transfer out of Miami. He decided to transfer to the University of Florida, and now the Gators have another terrifying weapon in their backfield, and he is here to talk with us today about all of that, as well as talk about the new culture that Billy Napier has installed and what we should be looking forward to this season. So, Lorenzo, thank you so much for joining us. Um, First of all, how are you? What's been going on these days with you? And 
How's the offseason been treating you so far? I'm great, and offseason's been it's been pretty much smooth. You know, we uh just started back working out, and yeah, so I'm good. That's awesome, man. No, we're super excited to have you. We're super excited for the new, uh, the new era, the new tenure for Coach Napier. We have so many questions to ask you with that. Uh, first things first, though, you are here in, in part because of our both of our connections with the Gator Collective. I think most of our listeners at least somewhat know about it right now, but uh, for those who maybe don't know about the Gator Collective, can you tell us a little bit about what it means to you um, and, and how it is helping shape the Florida Gators for the future? What it means to me is their, their entity of, you know, um, of alumni and whatnot, and they have a, a group of people who invested their time, money, and connections into us. And the players, we all have basically have connections to their connections. So pretty much the fans want to come and interact with us they go through the gator collective and they set things up for us but we had a meet and greet with fans and whatnot so fans came they had to pay a small fee we got to interact with those people and you know so them a good time yeah fan fest yes so uh fun fact i actually worked for the company that did the marketing for that so um okay yeah definitely yeah, and, and I'm the guy that edits a lot of the spaces and um, and the pods, like uh, Ben Troops, 84 Reasons. Um, like, I'm, I'm the one that that, that puts those, um, you know, turns them from audio into video that people can, you know, watch them on. So, uh, and I'm on the Gator Collective Outreach team. So, definitely super exciting uh, to, to have this connection uh, really, really take form. Uh, so, we like to start our interviews with guests with a, a quick segment called the lightning round, which is basically where we, we just set the stage for, you know, for you, for who you are, why you're a Gator and so on. So, and that's actually the exactly the first question. So, uh, the first question is always the same. Uh, it's a little different for you because you came from Miami, but why did you leave Miami and why did you become a Florida Gator? So I left Miami due to uh, my dad's health issues, and pretty much for my well-being. Uh, being at Miami, things were uh, things were just going downhill. You know, I was putting in effort, and I wasn't seeing as much as much return and whatnot. You know, I was doing all I can, and I felt like the energy down there wasn't wasn't the best for me. So, and I don't want to put more stress on my dad with his with his kidney disease and whatnot. So, so I decided to make a move. It was either here, UCF, or Ohio State. And me knowing that uh, that University of Florida was was a tough school to be in, so like you know me as being a competitor, I want to be the greatest. I said, okay, well if I want to be the greatest and be amongst the best, I'm gonna come to Florida. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely some unique circumstances. Um, in in your case, uh, you you had an injury too at Miami that I, I know set you back a little bit. Um, Definitely a different circumstance to to come to Florida out of the transfer portal after being in another school versus um, straight through high school. But I mean, your your path is unique, and I think that's why it makes your story uh, and your situation special. So, you have been at Florida for some time now. It wasn't like you just left Miami. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but what was your favorite moment to be a part of with the Florida Gators so far to this point? I would say. That run we had with the SEC, uh, SEC championship, 
we didn't come out victorious, but just the work, like the work we put in, and and those seniors, the amount of work, and you know, team bonding we had leading up to that that championship game, and probably when they threw me in the fire against the best player on the team, which is Trey Dean. You know, he's a workhorse, so you know, I had to go uh, go against him and compete. I took I took some losses, but uh, like the second week, I got my mind right, and then pretty much me and him were going head to head. So, so yeah, that was the best part for me. I said, Trey Trey Dean, um, I super hopeful for him this season. He's always gonna have uh, sort of sort of an off season hero status for uh, for taking out those handcuffs and, and going through practice with them. That was something that's I think a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was funny, man. Yeah, that that's definitely a vibe. Um, definitely, definitely rooting for him extra hard. Obviously, you know, want all the Gators to succeed. But after seeing that, right. sort of gives that extra, um, extra reason to root for him. So, last lightning round question. Um, again, th- these are the same questions we ask to every guest, yeah. so we get to sort of compare and contrast answers. Um, so, what is your favorite Florida Gator jersey color combo? I like this a lot. I say the best pictures I have in it is all blue with like the kind of faded blue helmet. So yeah, so I like the all blue. Gotcha. So the blue helmet or the orange helmet? The blue helmet. So we haven't actually worn those yet. The blue helmet, the blue jersey, and the blue pants. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's. We wear them. They're like kind of like faded, like a faded, like a faded blue. Okay. Yeah. Yes, we wore those against Tennessee in twenty. Yeah. But we did. We did. But I'm saying we didn't wear the blue helmets with the blue jerseys and the blue pants for a game yet. I just like all blue. Blue like color. Blue. He's wearing. Well, for those of you listening, he's wearing blue right now. So we can definitely. <laughs> yeah. Definitely see that. Um, do Do you think Napier is going to be the guy? I know he's he has he has already said we're going to come out with black jerseys. Do you think Napier will I be like the guy? That, sorry, I like the black jerseys. You do. Okay. I haven't seen them, but I like the idea of it just to like spice things up. You know. Yeah, for sure. I got you. Um, so. Um, Lorenzo, we, we, we're not here to to really harp on the past. Uh, we, we're yeah. here to look forward, but. Uh, we, we would be remiss if we didn't ask you two questions about the Dan Mullen era to sort of set the stage and give our listeners a starting point. So uh, no, number one, simple as simple gets, the, the team just did not live up to the Gator standard that Dan Mullen himself set out in 2021. It didn't look like he was having fun. It didn't look like the players were necessarily having a ton of fun um, throughout most of the season. And, you know, Mullen got fired. Um, it just it just wasn't a great time. So you were there from from your perspective. What went wrong? Um, you know, why did things sort of roll out and happen the way they did? And uh, just talk about how tough it was um, to watch that all unfold. So so once the seniors left after that after that good year we had, it was kind of shaky. Like he knew that he didn't have the the talent, I guess, that he had before. So like. And then losing the SEC championship game, I guess that put put more pressure on him and the staff or whatnot. As a team, you know, we all came together, came to work and whatnot. But then 
like the energy was off, you know, like it was just, okay, something's not right with uh, this year. Like, I don't know what it was, but like the energy and like, like the way he like went about things and off season leading up to that, that year, it was just, it wasn't the same as the, as the 2020 run. So yeah, it was just, it felt different. So what do you think went wrong in 2020? Because a lot of people can point to, well, the Marco Wilson shoe throw broke him. Losing to Alabama broke him. He didn't look the same for the Cotton Bowl. But it seemed like, obviously, throughout the course of that year, he looked like a coach who was capable of getting us to be in that position to compete for championships, like he himself said we should be doing. So what, what do you what, was there a moment that you think sort of changed him? Did it happen gradually? Uh, or, or, or what exactly do you think it was that caused him to be a, a different sort of coach than he seemed like he was going to be throughout most of his first two and a half years? I can't, like, I can't tell you. Like, it was just, like, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, so I can't really say. So I just, I don't know. Like, he just showed up that year just different. I mean, um, he, uh, he told us that, that, that we didn't have the talent that we needed to uh, to be uh, um, a very good team and that, you know, we had to work our ass off and go the extra mile if he wanted to be special and win and stuff. So I guess I guess once the team heard that, we, like, we were like, okay, like, you know, what is he playing for real? So then, but yeah, it's just, it was something weird like going on. And then the Missouri game, that, that was kind of like a pivotal point. And then the LSU game was was really pivotal. And then, like you know, uh, after that game, like shit, uh, you can just tell that you know they were like, okay, we're we're done. So, so you, and then you the felt- bowl game that was the bowl game was a hot mess. <laughs> yeah, it was it was some some weird stuff going on. Yeah, you only practiced I think in pads one time for that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just not, not, not really the way to go. But um, last looking back question, and then things are going to start getting a lot more positive because Billy Napier has a, a new, a new feel, a new energy toward this program. So we'll get to that a lot momentarily. But um, it definitely has not been all sunshine and rainbows for you personally. I mean, you talked about that. You yeah. talked about the health issue with your family. You talked about your personal health issue. So. Um, and then, you know, there's the fact that you were just balling out in practice. I, I know you had some big runs that you broke <laughs> off there. You felt like you should have gotten some playing time that you, you didn't really get. So talk a little bit about how frustrating, how irritating, how, I guess, annoying that was for you um, and how, how you balance that versus being a team player that just wants to see the team succeed and win. So, you know, my mindset was if I could just keep on work, keep on work and something, Something that happened, you know, and eventually, you know, I, I did get a role in special teams. And, and my mindset was thinking, like, well, guys who play in the NFL, they don't have their, their key role that they're used to playing. So they got to make the best for it, rather it be playing special teams or playing their main position. So, you know, I just I just bought in and playing special teams. And, and I'm thankful for it because, you know, it made me a better player. And now I have extra tools in my belt to use it. Uh, for the next level, but it was it was pretty stressful. Um, you know, day in day out, grinding hard, like extra hard. Like I bet you, if I if you could pull up the catapult numbers on on the workload and just the, the like the effort I put in, it it'd be totally different compared to most players. So, I mean, it's it's just the guy that I am. You know, uh, I'm gonna continue to work. So, I mean, 
I could have I could have been quick, said you know gay man you know. Um, I tried to switch positions at one point, play defense, but they didn't let me. Um, so I mean, it is what it is. So I just kept on working. You tried to switch positions. Yeah, I tried to play uh, play on defense somewhere. Why was Anywhere. that? Like I didn't care where. You know, I was just cause like I was doing good in practice. I was balling out, and then I wasn't seeing it in the daylight. So I was like, man, forget it. I'm not having fun. Just you just let me go and go play defense and hit somebody. <laughs> so, so you were. You, let me get this straight. You, you were, you were, you were balling in practice. You're breaking off these big runs. You weren't playing. Sure. And obviously, that's frustrating. So you were so willing. I, I don't want to say desperate, but you were so, you were so itching to get out there and play in the games that you said, you know what, I'm willing to play a completely different position on defense. And I, and I realized that you played some special teams. I know you like that, but you were willing to go out and play the completely opposite side of the ball just to contribute to the team. Yeah. I mean, knowing, I mean, knowing offense, it'd be, it'd be pretty, uh, I guess not, not easy for me, but like, it'd be pretty, pretty fair for me to play on defense. Damn, that that's dedication right there, man. That's definitely that's that's the Gator standard right there. Um, yeah. I know the guy that that coined that term didn't necessarily live up to it at the end, but that right there embodies the the heart and soul that we want to see from our Gators. So, um, on to the good stuff. On to Coach Napier, the new era, the new feel, the new attitude toward the program. And I guess we'll start with with the stuff that maybe fans don't necessarily see or know about as much, or at least they didn't until Napier came in. Uh, it starts with the little stuff, like the food, the parking. There, there were there were these little things that just weren't there for you guys. And Napier comes in, and within what nine days, ten days or so, it's fixed. So what is what did that tell you about? Coach Napier is sort of your first impression, and has he continued to live up to the expectations that he set by coming in and doing those things off the bat? I would say he has. Um, uh, so by him getting that done, that, that pretty much shows that, you know, he says that what he says he's going to do, and pretty much it shows that people have lots of respect for him. Um, he got it done being being there within a month, and – I don't know why, but it hasn't been done years before that. As you show, you know, what the coaches value and and their players and and taking care of their players. So I mean, he's pretty important on taking care of us with the nutrition and whatnot. I, th- I think we have five full time sports nutritional specialists. So I mean, he has like a lot of people in place to help us. Gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, I mean, how. I, I hate to, to ask how bad was the food and how bad was the, the dorm situation, but I'll, I'll ask it in a positive way. How, how much better is it now? It's a lot better. Like I'll say probably five times better with the, with the consistency and, uh, and the amount of effort the staff is putting in to making sure that, that we're fed and that we're okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, how comfortable would you say the new living situation is versus, I mean, your, your situation at Miami, the, the situations you saw when you were looking at other campuses? Um, so Miami cost of living was a lot more, so, so we got paid more. 
Um, here we only get like 14, which is very, very little. Uh, being that prices, like prices going up or what. Living situation, you know, it's a it's a football town. So I mean, like like you're going to get small rooms or whatnot, you know. But like like the whole objective is is to come here, win games, play football. Miami was kind of different because people lived in you know townhomes, whatnot. You got better homes over there, better apartments. So I mean, I couldn't really compare the two. But like I would say here is uh, it's definitely more closer to campus. You have more more of like a college town feeling. Gotcha. Okay. So when you're talking about like 14, you're talking about your stipend that you get. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty low. (laughs) Yeah. That's, um, that, that's definitely not a ton. Um, okay. Awesome. So our co-host is actually stuck in traffic and didn't have internet, but I think he's here now. Dustin, you there? Yes. How's it going? What's going on? Great. Lorenzo. Um, great to have you on here. Uh, as uh, Neil has already already done an amazing job doing, he's. I want to I want to ask you a few questions about the scheme. Okay. So, if looking at the the two offenses, you have um, what I, what I mean is looking back at what Dan ran with with the the spread and some of the read option stuff. Now you're going into uh, what Napier um, in his scheme. I just wanted to ask you my first question. What what is kind of the difference in your mind in how the running back is utilized from the previous offense to the current offense? Um. So so the last stuff we had um more more wide receivers. You know, like more guys who were able to make big plays like Kyle Pitts and whatnot. Uh, Kadarius Tony. You had Grimes and whatnot. Those those big wide receivers. Here we have a lot of wide receivers too, but you know you got a full stable of running backs also. So I guess now with this run game, we're going to be able to run the ball a little bit more, but, but, but it's a game of football. So, so like here with his staff, we got to take, take what we can get pretty much just anything that's open. It seems like is is, is going to hit for us rather be passing, rather be running the ball, rather be Anthony running the ball. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a lot better than me. In studying your tape, um, I really, I really like what what you do when you have when you have the space. Um, your your first and second cut is incredibly impressive. Um, and I, and one thing I noticed, uh, not just with, um, re- unfortunately, you didn't really have the carries that, that that I personally felt that you deserved in the previous regime. But that's the last I'm going to mention them. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this. One thing I really noticed about your game, some of the tape from when you were at Miami. And also uh, from the spring game and some of the some some of the stuff that 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 uh, that came out, um, I really I really think that that the previous regime was running too slowly. I feel like you guys are are really able to run full speed now. Um, how do you how do you, do you feel that do you feel that's true? And do you yeah, think that of course. what talk to me about that? Yeah. So uh, so I was saying it starts with Coach Jalou, um him being. The uh, the standard for us and, and how we perform. So pretty much, he he allows us to play how how we want to play. Um, I mean, uh, with the last staff was pretty much being like a robot, like oh, you know, you got to do this, do that. But here with Coach Luke, he allows us to play to our full potential, and he wants us to go all out. You know? 
So what does that look like for you? I mean, what does that what does that mean exactly that he lets you play to your full potential? Could you give us uh, an, an example, like from from a film session study or from practice or something like that? You're gonna get full speed every time I got the ball. So, so they're trying to slow me down, <laughs> uh, and that was the problem with um in the past. You know, I, uh, they were saying, "Oh, slow down, you're too fast, too fast." Coach Luke saying, "Slow down just a little bit," you know. You probably missed this cut or that cut, but just slow down a little bit. I, I like how you're running. You're running hard and fast. That's what we want. But just slow down a little bit just to be able to see the small things versus slow down, take your time, da-da-da-da, you're, you're going too fast. Nah, I'd rather, I'd rather go fast and get five yards in than to go slow and get three. So you're saying that that Knox and uh, and Mullen, I guess, um, would, would say, yo, you, you got to really slow down. You're just you're going too fast to understand everything. Yeah. Jaluk is just going. Let's let's just make sure we get the cuts right. Let's just make sure we can we can see what our blockers are yeah. doing. And so I, I mean, both both coaches were very detailed. Coach Knox, he was a great coach on detail, and whatnot. But he was just. It seemed like he was. He had like a. He was just scared of of, of what the. Uh, of what the head man had to say on our performance, but 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 with Coach Jaluk, he just lets us play. Really, it seemed like Knox yeah. was scared of what Mullen would have to say about you. About yeah, his backs running. So I mean, pretty much we just now we're allowed to just play. To our... Wow, that's. Uh... I mean, look, Dan, Dan Mullen will always have a nice place in my heart because he won two national championships here as an offensive yeah, coordinator. Yeah. But that's. That that's just not good. That's that's not good to hear. Um, I mean, yeah. So, so Lorenzo, I got I got one final question in kind of the the scheme department. I know obviously uh, there's a lot you can't talk about, so we we respect that. Um, but what we have seen as a fan base and and um, the guys that that really that really study and cover the sport, um, we have seen the spring game. So I did want to ask you. It's really it's one question, but it's a two-parter. Uh, first yeah. off, I'm going to talk about a play during the spring game that you've since then you've since studied and you and you feel like you could improve on that. Something you something a play that maybe didn't go as well as you expected or or uh, maybe you made a mistake. I want you to discuss that, and then lastly, I want you to talk about a play that you thought you did really good at and really really highlights your um, your skill and 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 how you want to show yourself uh, in this coming season? So probably uh, my, my biggest issue probably be swing routes. I can catch good and whatnot, but, like, in space, when the sideline is tightened up on me, like, I just want to run through a player rather than giving him a move, like a head and shoulder or whatnot. But I definitely got better with splitting, splitting defenders. I'll say that's a big factor there that I'll be able to do. But it's just like, you know, when the sideline gets tight to me, I kind of just want to cut off field and run through somebody rather than saving my body, like, you know, giving them a head and shoulder or whatnot. Uh, something I did good was probably the big run I had the first scrimmage. Um, just, just just learning to uh, to watch my D, uh, to watch the first down lineman on my reads and just um, getting a feel for how fast the defense is going to flow over to stop the run to where, you know, I can cut back. Um, that's something I did good. So yeah, and then uh, like like also just getting the reps, the amount of reps I got this spring, I've gotten better as a player, versus me knowing that uh, in the past that you know I wasn't getting the reps. So you know I felt like that I was I was being uh 
I was losing my my potential. So now I feel like I'm 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 like even better as a player. That's the I goal, man. The, I did want to ask this real quick. I know the goal is is obviously um, the NFL, and uh, and I think that you know with the right coaching staff, um, obviously with Jaluk and and uh, the opportunity that we have this season to really do what we what 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 we should be doing as Gators. Um, I think you got a good shot at, at making it to the league. Is there a player that, that you really study and, and try to emulate and, and you feel like you can replicate your game after an NFL player? Not really. I've been watching um, – I watch players to see what what makes them the best in the league. Uh, so I've been watching a little bit of Marshall Lynch just because he's a raw – Raw runner, you know, he's a just hard nosed runner. I've watched him a lot. I like I like Christian McCaffrey just because he's versatile, you know. So, and then at the next level, that's what you want to be. So I've kind of been kind of watching him a lot. Yeah, that Christian McCaffrey is a, a good example because that actually leads me into my scheme question because McCaffrey is uh, is is definitely a guy I would say is is valuable in points per reception fantasy football leagues because he can catch the ball. He can do some nice things, um, you know, as, as a pass catcher. So you mentioned being a pass catcher, which I know is something that you can be very good at if you're given the chance to be very good at. Talk a little bit about how this new offense gives you that opportunity a little bit more aside from that, from the fact that you're going to be playing more, which is obviously the, the, the first piece of it, but how, how does this offense of Billy Napier's give you more of an opportunity um, as a pass catcher? Well, it starts with the wide receivers first um, and, a, and the RPO um, and, and even an uh, empty set that we have, you know, we're not always the first read, but, but I have faith in my wide receivers that, you know, they're going to make big catches. So I hope they make big catches. But if not, we're the last check down read, and that will give us the ball. A lot of running backs to get the ball and run, you know, catch the ball. Gotcha. Yeah, so you you are someone I could definitely envision um, doing damage in the, in the receiving game. I understand, like you just said, we have receivers. That's their primary job to do that. But – I mean, at least to me, like you can be a quarterback's best friend if, if say, Shorter and Baby Hendo are blanketed because the defense is putting all their manpower into guarding them. Richardson might see the pocket breaking down, but there you are two yards down the field as a safety valve. He could just dump the ball off to you. And then, well, now you've bypassed the line of scrimmage. You don't have to, like, find that gap to go through. You've already – cleared that part but now you're a running back in the open field so when ha, have you gotten these sorts of opportunities are are there plays designed to get you the ball as a pass catcher on a screen or on a flare or something and um assuming there are uh how how excited are you exactly to get to to run those plays in real games it'd be pretty exciting just knowing that i have my my big man in front of me on a screen plays you know every team runs screen plays every every once in a while. So so I'll be more excited uh, for the big guys to be out there running in front of me, taking on blocks on little, on little linebackers and DBs. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine that. Um, I mean, definitely some, some intelligence goes into that on the coach's standpoint. Um, they can 
they can see that the defense might want to take away Henderson and shorter. They can see that they might want to take away a, a, a key on zipper or so, but they may not necessarily think of you first and foremost as a pass catcher. But again, that's where you could be very dangerous because once you catch the ball, you are a running back. I mean, anyone who catches the ball is a running back after they catch it. So um, except you just don't have to you know, go through the line of the scrimmage. And that's what I think we should talk about next. The, the, the role of, of brain power and smarts and intelligence within the game of football. I mean, I, I did play a little bit. Dustin did play a little bit. Um, I, I have friends on the team, as I mentioned. I, I've seen some of the past playbooks. It's detailed stuff. Like, even even if you were to play football for Jacksonville State, I mean, we can't make fun of them too much because they beat FSU. But if you were to play for, like, a lower division school, there may still not be the level of detail that there is at the University of Florida. You know, primary SEC school, big-time powerhouse program. There's so much detail and intricacies you know there first there are, there are the cadences there are the code names like you know for example if the play calls to run a counter play napier isn't just going to yell counter on one no like there's a different vocabulary you guys have to know so you have to know all of it and and know it all very well and then there's film you have to know defense's tendencies you have to know what the coach you're talking about and all that so i'm asking this both with regards to napier specifically and then overall, as a football player for you, um, go, going back to high school and your days with the Miami Hurricanes, talk a little bit about the importance of, of intelligence in the game of football and, and what it means to be a real student when it comes to the game of football. Well, I would say I became a student of the game probably my sophomore year of college when I had when I got hurt and like I just had more downtime just to study and watch football. Um, but I would say out of all the systems I've, I've been in, rather be Coach Rick, Coach Diaz, Coach Mullen, Coach Napier, I like, I like Napier's system better. Uh, it, is, it is more difficult being that our, that our signals are all in one and that they, they're like, you know, it, like, there's no, like there's no multiple signals to give out to each position like, like most teams have. So it kind of forces you to pay attention more. Um, so, so that's pretty much, much like the hard part about it and just like having overall intelligence. So that comes with having love for the game, playing football and just watching film, you know, watching lots of film, watching like just tons of film. I've already watched film on Utah pretty much in uh, this past, this past whole month. Uh, like I know all their blitzes and whatnot. They, they're like a heavy blitz team and whatnot, you know, first down, second down, third down, you know kind of weird stuff going on over there, but, you know, it's just having knowledge for the game is, is very important. It's better coming out and watching film. For sure. I have um, I have one more IQ question to ask you, but I can't let the opportunity just pass by. You're going to be facing <laughs> off against one of your former teammates in that game, Mohamed Diabate. Are you excited? Or is it something you've, you just, like, want to avoid him? Uh, are you looking forward to running him over, trying to juke him out? Or how, how does that whole – how does the whole thought process play out of, of welcoming back a former teammate into the swamp for a, a huge, huge game under the lights to start the Billy Napier era? I think I have three teammates, two from Miami and then uh, Mahmoud, but one of them is Gervin Hall. He's a, a DB. And then I have Mahmoud. You know, they know how I run. So, <laughs> so, like, so it wouldn't be a shock for them. They know how to tackle me. Just like you know, uh, just like just because I run hard and whatnot, but you can't be too quick with me because you know if you, if you flow too fast, then you know you just gonna 
I'm gonna cut back on you. So it's just it's I would say I'm looking forward to it, whatnot. But like, you know, I'm just focused on doing doing what I have to do. Gotcha, gotcha. So uh the the other uh in, intelligence question I've got to ask you is I mean, there there's so much time, there's so much effort that goes into being a game. Would you say that the game of football for you personally is more of an effort physically to, you know, to get, you know, doing weights, stadium steps, et cetera, and, and just the physical grind of that, or would you say it's more of a, of a, of a challenge mentally for you? So, so growing up, I've always been the one to like work out and exhaust myself and do a crazy workout. So like physically is, it's, it's not effective, but it's, everything is mental. So like, you know, I can go out there and say, Oh, Oh, we're going to play against this team that's supposed to be the best team. Or I can say, okay, I'm, I'm going to go out there, give it my all, keep myself under control because because the biggest opponent you have is yourself. You know, you can get smashed in the face time, you know, play after play, play after play. But, you know, yourself is going to tell you, okay, I'm done. I'm giving up. You're tired. You're hurting. You know, the the player in front of you is not going to say, oh, give up. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's you through all of this. You, your teammates, this, you know, coming together as a team and, and, and being that, uh, the fact that you need to overcome adversity. Uh, that's really good, Lorenzo. I did want to follow up yeah. on that question about the process of learning. So if football is truly a mental game, then you need to be taught well. Um, and now you have Coach Jaluk. Talk to me about Jaluk as a teacher. So Jaluk, um, he, he told us his uh, – his obscurities uh, growing up uh, being that, you know, he couldn't read, you know, at, at, like as good as his classmates. So with us, he, he has us write everything down. We had to read over like each play three times or whatnot. So, I mean, it's just, it's a factor of repetition. So, so Coach Napier's staff is big on repetition. So like, uh, just, just like plays alone will wrap out, a lot of plays will go over the plays a lot. We'll like have meetings of, of of like the same walkthrough a lot. So you know, it's just it's just repetition. You were talking about how you were always a grinder, how you were always the guy that pushed yourself um, physically, but but mentally, uh, it, it, it's a different it's a different struggle. It's a different thing altogether. Have, having a brain that's that's all with it is different than having you know all you know being able to to bench a number of times or run stadium steps a number of times so uh you said you first became a student your sophomore year uh what what happened to sort of trigger that um that that jump for you mentally as as a student of the game and how do you think that 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 moment has sort of helped you now Uh, i'll say um during that time i just had a lot of downtime I, i was just able to to really like like go back and watch film on what I did and whatnot. And then I had lots of time to watch football, just watch a lot of football. So therefore I uh, I became uh, more, just more in tune with, with learning the game of football. So you're talking about during the coronavirus, the pandemic when everyone was at home? My my sophomore year at Miami uh, when I was hurt. Oh, rehab. Yeah, yeah. So like, so like, going back to that time during my rehab time, I was just watching football, a lot of football. Yeah. So as the games have evolved over the last uh, five, ten years, something that that's really um, 
come to be is the RPO, the run pass option. Um, Napier is uh, is known for uh, creating as many options as possible, whether it's with play action pass um, or the RPO. Um, tell me about how you've upped your game in studying these options so that when you're actually in practice or in the game, um, you're mentally ready to uh, execute the play that is that is called, um, even as the the what your what your sight picture on the field, um, even, even as that changes. So for for our listeners out there, I'm talking specifically uh, as the defense um, changes, as as maybe they're shifting the bubble, um, maybe maybe the uh, the linebackers are moving, maybe the defensive backs are are shifting. Um, that all changes what the what the the running backs and the skill players are seeing, and even the offensive linemen are seeing. So, so Lorenzo, um, what are you doing to kind of study, and how how has this shift and evolution of the game impacted your uh, your work and how you do this? Uh, like I said, uh, it just comes down to repetition. So we so this is our third time going over to play with now, coming back. Um, so I mean, it's just it's just a matter of of repetition. And, and just knowing what you're doing, um, uh, we like we like walk through so much of the plays, like like just have walkthroughs without footballs and whatnot. Just walk through the plays and just have uh, a, like a sense of feeling for what we have to do. So come time for when it's full speed, it's like it's automatic to us. So I would say this staff is a lot more hands on with repetition and doing walkthroughs so I know we we touched on it a little bit but something that's that's super big from from my perspective is the fact that you have Montrell on the on the team um he obviously played for for the the coaching staff and has a lot of a lot of that understanding because like you said repetition he's obviously he's been through it he's he's been successful he got almost a thousand yards last year for for Louisiana, um, tell me about your relationship with him and how he's helped you from a mental standpoint um, in in learning the game and and becoming invested in this offense. So when he first came, he was like, you know, just up front with us. He was up front. He was sincere. He was a uh, funny. You know, it wasn't like he had a grudge on anybody, and he was just a a very bright person. And when it comes to knowing the plays. Uh, he, he basically helped us out as much as he could, but but with um, but with Napier's system, nothing stays the same each year. So so Montreux was like pretty much saying, I don't know if this play is the same because Coach Napier changes everything. Being that you know the coach he is, the successful coach that he is, he he doesn't keep the plays the same each year, or like the names of of the plays. So he pretty much changes up things every year. So wait, uh, so you're you. Just to just to hit on that, because that's that's interesting. So he's so Napier's not just changing the plays. So you, I mean, you expect the plays to adjust from year to year as opponents change, as scheme changes, as the game evolves. But the the naming of the plays and 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 how you're communicating that also changes. Yeah, everything uh, is just wow. not the same. Wow, so you're you're starting from from ground zero every uh, every year, yeah. I guess off season. 
I mean, obviously football teams go through what, you know, what's, what's called install where they'll, you know, like get themselves back into the, into, into football shape, not just in terms of physically, um, but in terms of the mentally and, and, you know, they'll spend time learning the play, but they'll, they'll go, as you mentioned earlier, you know, not get necessarily going full speed, but they'll just like sort of walk through some plays just, just to, just to get to know exactly what it is they're doing um, and get some repetitions. And then, you know, they go full speed from there. But that's interesting that you mentioned that it's that much of a, of a difference. I mean, obviously, of course, the playbook is not going to be identical from year to year. At least I mean, it's not particularly wise to do that in case someone leaves the program after one year and happens to remember it and can sort of pass on little, little details about it to potential opponents. But I, I am somewhat surprised that it is a complete wrecking ball that that's taken to it and you just start from absolute zero. I, I would have thought that it would be about – 30 to 40 percent similar but the fact that it's zero percent similar from year to year is somewhat surprising but also definitely good to know for the reason i just mentioned i know that in previous regimes that was not necessarily the case and now with the transfer portal being a bigger thing um, than ever or with transferring being a bigger thing than ever now with the transfer portal that's definitely uh comforting to know yeah yeah so like even like coming back like i don't think we have the same place we did during the spring, like it'll be totally different. You know, it's like 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 certain things be be uh be tweaked within the play. So, so I I understand we can't ask for specifics. I I don't think we want everyone to know specifics because <laughs> that's going to give them some ideas of what to scout. But I mean, what what we saw from the spring game from you, do you think that that will eighty five percent represent what we see in the fall? 12 percent 30 50 60 like where how how closely do you think that that's going to resemble what we see uh this fall probably 50 percent like you know not every team shows what they do during the spring game so like what we showed probably is like 10 percent of what we have so and then even so things have changed so i mean i can't really i don't really know what to say on that one it's just i got to show up and be prepared to to be adjustable well, I mean, obviously, we're not going to ask you to give away secrets, but I mean, yeah. is I mean, th- the point being, there's going to be more massive of a difference from spring of 22 to fall of 22 than yeah. there was say, from like 2018 spring to 2018. I mean, you weren't there in 18, but I mean, all right, so like 21 spring to 21 fall. There's going to be more of a difference, you think now? Oh yeah. Damn, mm-hmm. all right. Well, we, and I think I think we have 30 more players on the team. <laughs> that's true, too. Yeah, yes. so, like, we have a lot of guys that come in and get those reps in, and, like, that way we're fresh and just flowing through reps, flowing through reps, just, just flowing through reps. Gotcha, gotcha. So we, we've talked about your background. We've talked about, you know, the health issue, we talked, you know, did the lightning round. We talked about the mental, the physical, we talked about the frustrations. We talked about, um, you know, what it's like to have teammates that come from Louisiana. It, this, this is more of a lightning round esque question, but I'd like to go a little bit more in detail with this, um, to sort of finish up our pod. Uh, There is, we, we do have one more small segment to really end it with, but the last, the last detailed question that we have for you, um, what, what you, among things you have not talked about yet with us, 
who really is Lorenzo Lingard? What are what should our fans know about you that you have not talked about yet on this show? What do you want fans to know about you? And what should we be most excited about from you specifically um, this season and moving forward? Um, I play with uh, emotion. I play with some emotion. I play with a lot of effort, a lot of energy. Uh, you can see me encouraging my teammates the whole game. No matter how how tired I am, what happens, I'm I'm always a positive player, and and you can expect me to be a a key player in this season. Just you know, you can see me on the sideline, encouraging my teammates, encouraging my coaches. You know, listening, communicating more on the sideline, asking asking for more feedback because I feel like this team has a lot more a lot more communicative skills than we had before. So, so like, you're definitely going to see us talking on the sidelines more about the games and whatnot. Gotcha. Yeah, so that definitely makes you um, an easy player to love, always always staying positive, always, always yeah. wanting to do better. It's easy to say last year everyone can do better because, you know, we were six and seven and just you know, mm-hmm. wasn't acceptable. But even – the, the vibe I'm getting from you, and, and you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, but the vibe I'm getting is that you're a player that if you have, you know, 195 yards on the ground and you are you do great in blitz pickup, but there's one blitz pickup that, that you miss, you're going to be angry about it. You're going to not, – not, not angry, but you're going to want to go right to the film room. You're going you're to be harping on that. You're going to learn, you know, why did I miss that block? What, what can I do differently next time to be better? Um, is, is that – is that exactly – I mean, is that what we're going to be getting out of you? Yes, for sure. Like, like I have my coach now telling me to relax and, you know, don't don't get so 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 caught up in the thing right now because it's a long season. So, so yeah, I'm definitely going to be – be hard on myself. But, but I think my teammates will hold me accountable. Do you think that there's more of a sense of, of team – teamness of of uh, of togetherness this year than there was last year yes we have a, a lot more young guys on a team that that just bond together with us more and and that comes from this uh from the coaching staff the coaching staff they're they're very bondful like you know you you can go up to their office and talk to them about anything and they're like they're not they don't have an attitude it's like it hasn't been one day to where I've seen a coach just complain and have a bad attitude. Like they're all great energy. And you did notice that with some of the previous staff. Oh yeah. No, uh, yeah. Previous staff. I didn't really, I, I didn't get that vibe from them. I gotcha. Well, it sounds like we have um, the, the right foundation in place. Um, I mean, the wins, I think, uh, are, are always fair to expect out of a Florida Gator team. That's why you're here. You know, you didn't come here to put some nice tape on, but, you know, in a five and seven season, you know, you came here to win. You are a team first player. And that's right. something that I think Gator fans should definitely be excited about with, with you and with your teammates. So obviously there's so much buzz about the new facility, um, the all in one, uh, which is right there by the, by the, by the practice. I mean, Talk to me about what you've seen from this facility and um, do you have an expected date when y'all are going to begin to utilize it? And I, I'm just excited to hear your thoughts on it because I know it's going to be a game changer for, for the team and for, for the, the whole athletic department. 
Oh yeah, so uh, it's it looks like it's pretty good from from like the outside looking in. The tour we took when uh when Coach Napier got here, it looked like it's gonna be like like very massive. There, I think there's like a little um there's gonna be like a big old dining hall in there. The pool, they're actually like making the pool right now, I guess, um, digging it up and pouring concrete and whatnot. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like it's gonna be very like like very homey for like players just to come and just feel like you know they don't have to go nowhere else but be at the facility and and feel comfortable being there and but like but like as far as like date wise probably like mid uh probably before the season probably yeah hopefully it's a good a good spot for y'all to hang out uh during oh, yeah. the season um oh yeah and i know y'all aren't going to miss that that walk to practice from <laughs> from the swamp. Yeah, that walk. <laughs> so speaking about um, a walk from the stadium, uh, walks like that do help when you're fast. Um, obviously, football incorporates a different kind of speed. But that brings us right. to our superlative segment. So um, I'm going to ask you superlatives, Dustin. You always you always have your own. Uh, your own special pronunciation. Um, he, superlatives. <laughs> yes. He made he up. He made up. I gotta, um, I gotta learn this. Hey, Dust, hey Dustin Mike, Mike made up the word. Said, I need repetition. I, yeah. I really need the repetition on this. So Dustin superlatives. made up the word um, miss miss situation earlier. <laughs> okay. Whoa. Miss situation. So it's, it's funny. It's he's got his own little twist on it. Go ahead, Dustin. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't I, English wasn't my best subject, so uh, <laughs> I think I, I think Neil and I we balance each other very well. Um, <laughs> anyhow, so my first superlatives question is: Who is the fastest player on the team? And and if you have a a verified forty speed for this player, I would love to know that too. If you can share that. <laughs> Um, I don't know forty times, but I know like like mile powers. Uh, the first one I think were like Mordecai and Travis Johnson. They hit twenty one seven. Wow! Um, yeah. Uh, then it goes shorter twenty one six. Dean twenty one five. Me twenty one five. Bowman's up there at twenty one six two. Um, wow! Gross. Uh, What's up there? Um, dang, what's his name? Uh, Jamarcus Weston's up there, twenty-one-five. So yeah, like like, wow. so like like there's a couple players in the twenty-one-fives, twenty-one-sevens. Henderson is a twenty-one-six, I think. So yeah, like a lot of guys, a lot of top speed guys. But I think during we're looking to break twenty-two during this season, like you know when things are just more amped up on us. So, so Mordecai is probably the fastest. Mordecai or either Trevor Johnson. So how how far away are Brady you from, from those Brady two? Guys. Sorry, go ahead. So talking about, I, I said trading two. He's pretty quick, but like me, so like talking about split seconds, like <laughs> that's that's like two three steps ahead. So uh, so I think I'm like number. I'm number like six on the team. So the last time you raced Bowman, um, who won? Bowman ran twenty one five. So like me and him both ran twenty one five. We haven't raced yet. 
oh man, I gotta, I gotta know. Y- y'all are that close. I gotta know who wins. Um, my, it might be a photo finish. Um, it's good that y'all are. Yeah, it might be photo finish. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, speaking of speaking of Bowman, that he might be the person you say for this. Maybe not. Um, my next question: Who has the best playlist on the team? I'll say. Either Trey Dean. Yeah, probably Trey Dean. What's he got on there? He just has, like, a lot of Atlanta stuff. He has some Florida stuff, too. But, like, he gets all, like, the new stuff. I don't know how he gets it, but but he gets it. (laughs) Okay. That's That's awesome. So, who's the strongest player on the team? Probably Big (laughs) Dash. Big Dash probably the strongest. Yeah. Gonna be pretty hard to argue against that one. Who's the strongest um, offensive lineman? Kingsley. Kingsley. Yeah, he's he's good. Settle something for us, real quick. Uh, Dustin and I have debated this. Um, how how do you pronounce Kingsley's last name? Because we just call him Kingsley. Is it Iguakin? Is it Iguakun? Kingsley Iguakin. Iguakin. Okay. Yeah, Iguakin. Yeah. Okay. Iguakin. Okay. Yeah. Good. We know that for the future. I've I've called him Eguacun, but Eguacun. No, okay. Got it. Noted for the future. As we as we attempt to pronounce Kingsley's last name and make a fool of ourselves, um, who's the funniest player on the team? Probably Naquan. Naquan's funniest. Naquan. So. Like, t- tell me about his humor. Like, does he just say it's just, it's funny It's raw and natural, but, like, like, stuff he points out, like, like he wouldn't think about it. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird, but it's like, like, stuff he points out is just, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you would know, I mean, y- y'all are in position meetings and all that, so uh, y'all y'all get to experience it. So um, my last question from, from our superlatives segment is who's a player that you most look up to and admire on the team? Right now I've seen, I've seen Kingsley grow from being, like, you know, a player that, like, that had doubts and whatnot to, like, to like where he is now and then like the leader that he's becoming. I like Kingsley right now. That's okay. awesome. Would you say um, – who, who would you say is someone in the running back room specifically that you look at? Because Daquan's been there for longer. Bowman is is also, like you, a freak of nature physically. Montrell Johnson comes from Louisiana, so you have that aspect where he's been there and played for Napier before. Do, would you say that um, – or how, how would you say that, that the, the running back room gets along together and, and, and do you guys lean on each other for stuff? Oh yeah, so I say Naquan is the most. Uh, he has the most experience, but he's like, shoot, he can coach a game. I kid you not, Naquan can coach a game. You can give him a clipboard, and he would definitely coach the game and make some things happen. <laughs> so, so like his knowledge for the game and his his understanding is is crazy. But like he just he can break stuff down and 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 like catch on pretty quick. Uh, but like as together. We're, we're like like we're great. We're all like we're all fun. We all get along together, crack jokes. We all compete also. We all coach each other up. That's awesome, man. That's awesome to know that you guys have that 
that relationship with each other, that, that camaraderie with each other. Um, so, I mean, the last thing, uh, we, we usually end our pods with Dustin yelling go Gators extremely loudly. That's just his thing okay. um, to, to sort of get us all in the mood for, uh, for Gator football. But we've got you on. We're not going to ask you to scream go Gators and make a fool of yourself like Dustin does. But we are – we are going to ask you to, um, to, to, to give Gator Nation, uh, I, I guess, one last message uh, of, of, of support, I guess, um, and, and one last reason to, to, to really be extra loud and extra vocal and, and extra supportive this upcoming season because, you know, new era, new tenure, new energy and all that. So uh, what's, what would you say your, your lasting message uh, is that, that you want Gator Nation to have? I want them to be to support this year like they never supported before because we have a great, a great, um, great class that that just came in. Those guys are bought in. Those going to be, those guys are going to be the future. You know, the seniors that we have now, we can only do so much. But you know, those guys look up to us, and we have the staff to uh, to lead us in the right way to lead those guys off to make the future of Florida. And to just be extra loud this year, you know, uh, come come support every game that you can. Turn your TV on, you know, good or bad. Just be just be emulate the coaching style pretty much. You know, just 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 be on point as if as if you were a player for us, you know. And plenty of fans want to be players, you know. And I hope I hope player uh, fans uh, show up and wanting to like you know be in a game and whatnot. But just I would say try to be on the field with us more. Just, you know, have our back. In all kinds of weather, as as is the mm-hmm. name um, of, of our brand. Um, right. You know, I mean, it's it, it gets difficult, obviously, when, you know, stuff like last year happens. But I think that there's definitely a level of, um, of respect that I think every fan should have because in you know, the, the reality is we, we couldn't do what you do. You're in a situation that I think a lot of us – you know, from the time we were young kids, wish we could do, but you, you guys are the special ones. You guys are the elite ones who have an offer to come play for the University of Florida. And then once you get that offer and get into that roster, you then work your way up that depth chart and into the position where you get to play. So, uh, I mean, Lorenzo, it's been nothing short of, of a joy and a thrill to have you on. Thank you. Thank you, uh, thank you so much. Thank you to the Gator Collective. For helping set this up the uh, gator collective um definitely something that if you are not already a part of you should definitely look into uh go to gatorcollective.com to learn more about how to join and help provide student athletes with nil deals lorenzo thank you so much uh, thank you. Can, we, can we can we get a i'm gonna, I'm gonna get a, i'm gonna get a nice little picture can we get a nice chomp yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, we, we will see you in the swamp this year. We will get loud for you. We will definitely support you. We will make sure that everyone is on their feet and, and yelling in support of you. You're a smart guy. You're a hardworking guy. Uh, I mean, we have, after having talked to you for over an hour, have all the trust in you that one could possibly have in a Gator football player. Uh, we know you're going to do everything you can to make the Gators the best they could possibly be. And we look forward to seeing the result of you doing everything that you can possibly do to make the Gators the best they can possibly be. Thank you so much, Lorenzo, and best of luck, man. All right. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.